You are listening to the Massive Report podcast. Welcome back to the Massive Report podcast. We are here at Saucy Brewworks at the third uh, or at the corner of Third and Michigan, uh, our favorite place to record this podcast. Good beer, good food, and. Um, you may notice Brian Phillips, again, not with us this week. Brian's going to be out next week, too. He's getting some time out west with the family over the uh, holiday weekend and decided to extend that stay uh, instead of you know, just going out for the fourth. So we hope he's relaxing Absolutely. a little bit, and you'll hear him back with us and with his radio station here in, uh, you know, sometime next week probably. But we do have Sam Fami, who's uh, going to talk some while, while recording for us. I'm Patrick Murphy. Bart Logan's here. Bart, hey, Bart's got some things he wants to say. We'll get to that later on. I do. And despite whatever Ralph put down last week on this podcast, we invited him back today <laughs> to, to kind of fill in for Brian uh, as a fourth member of the podcast. Ralph, I asked like 37 other people that are involved with Mass Report, and they were all busy. So Ralph is here sporting an LAFC jersey that he claims he only paid $20 for. It's actually a very nice-looking jersey. Um, they, they do do a good job with LAFC stuff. It looks like, you know, uh, when you install a new printer toner and it prints out the, you know, page, try to do grayscale and everything. That's what it looks like. I was thinking that looked familiar. (laughs) Yeah. That was, is that last year's jersey? So they were still in historic new stadium when they came in. Yeah. So Uh, a few years ago. Yeah. A couple years ago. Might have been second year. So what, did you buy it to wear, to cheer against the crew? No. So I have, (laughs) I have a amount of jerseys in my closet that are some MLS, some international, others, just different ones in assortment, as I'm sure many people that listen to this show have as well. So You I just like good-looking jerseys. I do mm-hmm. like good-looking jerseys, and I also like to antagonize you. <laughs> that's that's for sure. I was telling you. You knew that, that LAFC may be one of the topics that we bring up today. <laughs> yeah, there might be some LAFC talk if we run out of other things. I have a New York, New Jersey Metro Stars jersey that I wore like two Sundays ago to we went out to a bar and got dinner guy came up to me and he's like that's old school man he's like what, what were they called again and I was like yeah but I, didn't I mean didn't it literally say Metro it Stars Metro on it Stars. yeah but I mean it's just the logo that, I thought so. didn't they have it you know across the chest too yeah, yeah. but I, yeah I just think he saw like yeah. he came up from behind me and I, don't, I think he recognized it but didn't really know a ton about it um, anyway, obviously did not play backyard soccer. <laughs> right, did, right. Did he think you were Tim Howard? <laughs> he did not think he wasn't a goalie jersey. Oh. So, um, but before we get too crazy off the rails with jersey talk, the crew did play a game on mm-hmm. Saturday night, pretty late. So if you stayed up to watch it, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry because <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, here at Saucy Brewworks. If you didn't nice. watch it, did it actually happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, it did happen, but not much happened in the game. The Crew and Real Salt Lake tied 0-0, and actually, I would argue that that was a good result for the crew, who mm-hmm. were without a number of key starters. Artur still not back, Lucas Zellerayan still not back, Pedro Santos did return, but could only play, I think he played about 60 minutes, um, Jonathan Menso was back, but you're still without, obviously, uh, uh, your DP striker who's coming in here soon, we'll talk about him in a little bit. It was a, a mixed bag, you had... Uh, Sean Zawatsky getting his first start in central midfield alongside Aiden Morris and Darlington Nagby. I actually mm-hmm. thought he put in a, a quality shift 
for uh, for the crew. But you were also going to a place where you where Real Salt Lake had not lost all year. Um, they've only drawn one other time. I forget who that was to. Um, I th- I Galaxy? It it's could be. either the Galaxy or NYCFC, maybe. Yeah, it's one, it was one of the teams where I was like, oh, this is going to be difficult for the crew. Um, I do not a, have their jersey. Okay. Mm. Uh, but the crew go out there, get a result. I talked to somebody before the game with knowledge of the, the situation and oh Kevin Molino he was another one who was expected made his return two weeks ago but uh, he as, as I put out I think Friday that he would, did not make the trip I've learned since then that it wasn't an injury he got sick and so they did not want to have him travel he just did not feel well I guess no I don't believe so I think he just I think he was just under the weather so another guy that, that certainly would have helped there weren't a ton of attacking options for the crew and so they went in with the approach to sit back. It was actually a lot of what teams have done at Lower.com Field mm-hmm. this year. Uh, they just didn't give up. Uh, they didn't score. The crew didn't score an early goal. It was similar to Kansas City, similar to what they did at Atlanta. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about Caleb Porter being more flexible, and I think, you know, instead of playing that possession game, he put his team out there to battle get guys behind the ball, and get a 0-0 result. So it wasn't entertaining, but it was effective, right? I mean, is that how you look at it, Bart? It was a game that they <laughs> played for 90 minutes. Um, uh, I, I just looked up the stats, and, and apparently the expected goals combined between both the teams uh, was 1.2. Um, is 0.7 for RSL and 0.5 for the uh, crew. I think that's a little bit generous. I don't know exactly how they calculate that, but no one I think seems to, except Elliot McKinley. Yeah, Elliot. Yeah, we'll, we'll need to have Elliot on sometime. I think like you know maybe .25 combined seems like the right expected goals for that one, um, because Pedro did have a uh, you know nice chip, a cheeky chip. I think that was Cruz only shot on target, um, and uh, that that was about it. And then and then. I mean, but honestly, I think it is one of those where, again, especially given Caleb Porter's record on the road and, you know, the players you mentioned that were out, you're starting a guy who's never, I don't even think, has he, has, has he seen the field in an MLS game? No. Zawatsky, I, really, I thought he came as a sub. I don't, let me... I don't think he did. I know he's played for Crew 2, and I know he played in the preseason, and they were excited maybe about it. That's, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was preseason. Yeah, I don't believe he's – maybe a late-game thing. No, no, yeah. It looks like just that, just one and goes, you know, the entire 90 minutes. Um, oh, I guess he did come in as a sub at the end of that Charlotte game, but in oh, okay. in stoppage time, that doesn't really count. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I, I, I was – I was pretty impressed with him. I mean, just, you know, being in that situation, I I, um, I wasn't, you know, blown away. But, you know, again, for a player who, who isn't – who's making his debut on the road in a tough environment, um, I think that was something that's exciting. And I think that's something, you know, if you're a crew, you are looking for – especially – I don't know what the status with, with Perry Kitchen is, if, if he's ever – is he even on – he's on the roster, right? But he's, he's dead. He's ne- – who knows if he will ever play? But you are missing. He hasn't. Perry Kitchen hasn't even played for Crew Two. Yeah, so he trained with them. Though. So I think you're time. you're kind of missing that kind of more 
traditional number six um, holding midfielder. I think obviously Artur uh, can play that and is probably your first choice in that position. Aiden Morris can kind of play it, but but I, I thought he he looked he, he seemed to be playing a little bit more deep lying and allowing uh, Nagby and Aiden Morris to move a little bit more up the field. And and, and I thought he he did the job. Um, and I thought that was encouraging. That was encouraging to see Pedro Santos back so quickly and to get 60 minutes from him. Um, I think, you know, managing him as he's returning from that injury um, and, and as he's made himself really indispensable in that left back position, I think that's going to be very important. But again, if you, if you told us, you know, all of us here uh, uh, that crew will get a point against RSL who's undefeated um, on the road or at home, uh, I think everyone would have taken it. It was just a pretty miserable game. Yeah, it was not pleasing to the eye for sure. I think it's interesting. We, we've talked a lot about Caleb Porter's road record, but this season the crew are 1-2-5 and five away from Lower.com Field, which isn't great, but you've only lost twice, which is the – I'm looking through the standings here. It's the second best – in, in terms of losses on the road in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, if we're looking for positives right now, I think that that is certainly something that they've, they've figured out how to get results away from home, and obviously they snuck out that win in Atlanta. You know, we talked last week about what you're expecting from this team until Cucho Hernandez arrives and can play. And, you know, right now on the road, I think points are points. And, you know, if, if they'd been able to grab a goal, if uh, McMath doesn't get his hand on that Pedro Santos chip or there was the James Igbekeme sort of diving header, he didn't time it right, that, that, you know, if he gets anything on that, it's probably a goal. And, and obviously Real Salt Lake had some chances as well. But, you know, if, if I think they set themselves up well and looked for, you know, I know set pieces were a big thing. They really crowded McMath uh, inside the six-yard box on that, as, as Thomas pointed out. Or as uh, Caleb, I think, pointed out, Caleb, our Caleb, not Caleb Porter, in uh, his tactical breakdown. So, you know, th- there was an intent to just try and muck this game up and see if you could find an ugly goal. You know. And I think this is how you're going to see, you know, maybe when Eric Hurtado's back, you can counter a little bit more. He was another one that was out. But, you know, Miguel Barry, not an- another performance where he doesn't get a shot on goal. You know, it's, it's just this is the offense right now without a lot of these key guys. And I think that's that's really kind of almost what – I don't want to say what you're hoping for, but mm-hmm. what you're hoping for is that they don't lose until they get the help. So okay. if they come out with ties, I think that's better than coming out with losses. You're playing Toronto, who just beat uh, Red Bulls. Yep. No, um, um, they just Toronto played beat somebody. Atlanta on Saturday. They beat Atlanta. Yeah, yes. they beat Atlanta 2-1. to one. You're playing Philadelphia, who's been pretty good this year. And if you come out with ties and not losses until Cucho can play, that that's a good result for now, mm-hmm. especially since you can't generate hardly any offense. Now, maybe you sneak in a win with Eric Hurtado somewhere since he's been on a scoring streak. Um, but but otherwise, it's it's going to be I, – I don't see where that offense comes from. Well, I mean, I if think – If your next best offensive threat is playing at left back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think – it, Lucas Elrayon trained last week. He just wasn't ready for this one. And I think the eye on – that was done with an eye on Wednesday night at Toronto and likely getting him back for that. And that obviously changes your offense considerably as well. Getting, you know, if he's in there, maybe a free kick or, or something and you, you sneak something out as well. 
you know, I think we've seen in the past with Caleb Porter, he's going to prioritize these Eastern Conference games when you have that congested schedule. And they have two of them, as you mentioned, Toronto and, and Philadelphia Wednesday and then Philadelphia at home um, on July 3rd. So, you know, I think it's probably a smart tactic to, if you're going to look at these games to say, all right, let's make sure we're fully healthy for Toronto on the road, Philadelphia at home, or as healthy as we're going to get in the next week. And I think that includes getting Lucas as, as close to 100% as he can be right now. I think one... One one of the performances that I, I thought was, you know, more disappointing, and I think it was just because of the opportunity that came from nothing for, of it, was, was uh, Lucho Diaz. Um, I, I think this is just his second start of the season. You know, obviously we know how far he has fallen, you know, in, in favor with, with Caleb Porter. But I did see this, you know, with him getting that start with, with so many of your, your uh, you know, attacking-minded players out this was a really good opportunity for, for Lucho Diaz to, you know, go grab some attention, create something, you know, use, if anything, just use that speed that he's got right. to, you know, create problems, mismatches. And you just didn't see that. And I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's nothing against, you know, Lucho Diaz, but I, I, I think at this point, you know, you know, he is who he is. And, and I don't, we're talking a little bit off air uh, about, you know, the amount of international positions and spots that you've got with the LAFC has and, you know, that apparently they've just got, who cares? You know, they don't have a limit. They don't have a limit on DPs either or TAM players or anything like that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more. But, but I do think, you know, one of the things about managing rosters, recognizing that not just designated player spots, but also your international slots, those are things that mean something. You want to be getting value from those positions, at least some above replacement level value. Now, I, I'm not sure Lucho Diaz has been here long enough. He may have a green card, so he may not be I he, occupying I one of those international spots. Still, he's still okay, he is still. Um, so, so that's. I, I was just disappointed, and, and not that it, it was really unexpected, but I, I was hoping maybe that that Eddie might seize this opportunity, and it might be something to get him going because if. If he could produce like we saw in those glimpses, you know, now we're looking at two, three seasons ago. Um, that is a skill set that crew's kind of lacking, you know, that sort of explosive, you know, that we haven't really had since an Ethan Finley, um, where you could have somebody with, with that sort of speed and who could create goals either from their foot or passing. Uh, it doesn't look like Lujo Diaz is going to be that option. I hope that, you know, that crew can find some way to, to you know, get the best out of him or uh, uh, get him to his next. Yeah, well, and I thought this was the opportunity for him to serve in that sort of that Eric Ritato role against Atlanta, mm -hmm. you know, be ready for that counterattack. And they did try a couple times to get him, you know, running in behind, and it just didn't come off, you know, one way or the other. So you're right, Bart. I, th I thought that was disappointing because this was a shot. You know, while guys are out, you need some offense. That's a guy who can at least cause some problems, and he really didn't do a ton. Quick correction, guys. Uh, Luis Diaz actually does not take oh, okay. in. Okay, so he's got a green card. Well, okay, but so. still, to Bart, I mean, like, with a team like this, you know, you need guys contributing in some way or the other. And, I mean, if this is what you're seeing from him on the field, when he gets an opportunity, you know, clearly he's not pushing in practice a ton. Um, so... What, what is he giving? You know, you're, you've got limited roster spots in general. 
and you're paying this guy. You know, you're paying a number of guys right now that probably aren't aren't contributing. Kind of Caleb Porter's talked about it. You know, there are crew two guys that are pushing and got in this game over you know some other guy. I mean, I know crew fans are really interested in why Alex Maton's not seeing the field. Well, you're you're seeing an attacking option like Jason Russ and Rowe, and now obviously you know one's a striker and one's a winger, but. You know, you're seeing that. You're seeing Mo Farsi get opportunities. These are crew two guys who can only play so many games unless they want to sign them. And you know, I think that's indicative of, of what Matan has done. And I know season ticket holders that were at the event last week saw him score a couple nice goals in practice at the shooting demonstration that they had at the end. But, you know, there's more to it than, than that and those little glimpses. And, Sam, I know you recently saw him at the crew two game and weren't overly impressed with, with what he did. No, it's it's like I said, and I think I've said it on Twitter to the people that were asking. It's like he definitely has the foot skills, and I think that's what people see as his um, intent on taking people one on one. And he actually did it in the tail end of that RSL game. Yeah. Um, the problem is his vision is very limited, so he's not seeing his open teammates that he can pass off the ball to. He wants to do everything on his own. And that's, that's going to be a problem because it leads more and more to the ball getting lost. And that has been consistently right now the issue for this first team is that they have a good buildup until they get to the final third and then the ball gets stolen. They have a terrible pass. They have an unfocused drive. They cross it and miss everybody. I mean, he's not he, – if anything, he's, he's going to just be more of the same of what you have in the final third right now. He's not going to add anything new. He's not going to add anything effective right now i'm hoping again he has the skill right i'm hoping that he develops that vision and like listening to to know where his teammates are around him and kind of open up those passing opportunities as opposed to trying to do to dance around 11 defenders and try to put the ball in the back of the net sam um question for you and i wasn't around during the reserve league time but do you remember the reserve league getting or the reserve guys getting as much play as they are now with crew two as they were back in the days of the reserve league um yeah i think there was a lot of guys i with the reserve league a lot of guys that didn't play on saturday played the reserve league so games. different yeah it was very different because there wasn't a um there wasn't the the constraints that you have on call-ups and send downs like you do now it's, it's like, like it should be actually you right just exactly back, i mean there should exactly be um, so uh, all of the guys that played in the reserve league were all on MLS contracts. Okay. Uh, or like just they, not the senior roster. Yeah, sometimes they would bring in you know college kids in the summer too. Right. I mean, it was like very on tryout basis. And yeah, it was very like I don't. There were much less rules, much I mean, fewer rules. Josh Williams played in the reserve league. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I it, think I heard Ethan front, Finley, o- front yeah. office members actually played in the reserve. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they would yeah. put guys you know just out there that. <laughs> You know, just to fill the fill the schedule. So it was very different. But I do think I hate this rule that you know that you, you can only call. I mean, I understand why they do it. They don't want an MLS team to you know because the roster because the budgets are different with MLS Next Pro. You know, you could sign somebody theoretically as another designated player, put him on the, your MLS Next Pro roster where that's not a thing and then just call them up every week. So I, I understand why there's constraints. I wish that it was just where you trusted your teams not to do this because it would be great if you weren't, you know, like I know that at this point 
Jason Russell Rose, what, played three? And Mo, or played, he's played twice two. now. He's yeah. been called. Yeah. So he's done. They both. And Farsi's yeah, played and Farsi's twice. now. Yeah. And I know that there was some talk about whether or not to even include Farsi on the, like they traveled him, mm-hmm. but to include him on the game day roster because, you know, he might be useful, especially given Pedro Santos and Will Sands both coming back. Like you may need him against Toronto. Well, you know, they kind of had, you know, their hands were kind of tied. So the, the rule's unfortunate, and I get the point. Um, but let's talk about those two while we're, while we're just... I do have a question, though. Yeah, Hold yeah, on real quick about the rule. I, I, I'm okay with the rule. I'm not okay with the number of games. In a 34-game in a MLS season, only allowing them to play in two and be called up in four just seems very, very, very minuscule. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my only issue with Well, them. that parlays kind of into what I was going to say is, is there an emergency call up rule? But if your team is in an injury... Constraint there is. that you could get those guys back. I think again. I think um, um, the GM for Corey Ray. Uh, yeah, Corey Ray mentioned it when we originally talked to him um, about that, and he's like, there are certain emergency um, mechanisms in which they can call up, like somebody can go up and play for the first team. Uh, but he didn't. Allow, I mean, let's be fair. Even Corey said it at that time too. They're still trying to figure out all the rules for MLS too. Well, again, I doubt that they have MLS. a full. The rules right. changed literally. We saw it this week. They change. They can change at any time yeah. if Don Garber wills it. In the middle of the LAFC <laughs> Red Bulls game, they brought back VAR after it wasn't working for the first mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes, whatever. You know, I mean, to me, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna say there's no VAR for this game because something's not working. Then there's just no VAR for the game. You don't bring it back partway through and the first. They time. originally announced on TV. They said yeah, right. there is no VAR for this game, and then th- towards the end of the first half, they're like, "Oh, VAR is back. It's working now." This so like the, the, I the, guess the, there will be for the rest what, of the game. Because with VAR, it's it's somebody at like it, their home. It's all in Atlanta. It's, like Atlanta. Atlanta. No, it's yeah. all in like, Atlanta now. The guy yeah. just like got home. He was just His out. Wi-Fi of, wasn't yeah, working. Out a little bit, you know. <laughs> Women be shopping. He was stuck out there, and then came, he's uh, hanging out at Target, yeah. waiting for his wife. Um, <laughs> what's interesting, because I think a lot of people who have who've kind of jumped on the Crew Two Capybara bandwagon, um, and I know it's 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 a growing contingent. I mean, I've been to most of these games, and it's it's cool how many people are supporting them. But I, in an ideal world, you don't need Jason Russell Rowe and Mo Farsi uh, on your bench. I mean, obviously the injuries have played a part in that, but. I mean, it's great experience for them, and I think both of those guys are potential guys that could be MLS players. But, like, you saw Jason Russell Rowe at the end of, of the Charlotte game. You know, he thought he was offside, so he didn't go for a ball. And it's like, you know, if, I think if you're the, the MLS-level striker, and maybe he will be at one point in time, you go for it, you put it in the net, and you let, you know, the, the referees call you offside. And it's just little things like that. You know, there's, there's a gap between MLS and MLS Next Pro that I think, you know, is, is not as apparent to the casual viewer. And them getting called up, I think, helps that narrative, whereas it should be that these guys are, are still maybe a, a step below if, if you had a full roster. I think that shows you kind of like the level of inexperience though, that those guys are coming in with. Exactly. But if you that can tell, yeah. if you look at, you compare that with the RSL game where when Jason Russell Rowe and Mo Farsi came in and they had a couple of combinations early on, that could have resulted in goals. You can tell that there's that chemistry between those two and knowing each other's movements. So this this is kind of like the improvement that you want to see sure. as things as the season progresses. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that Crew 2 is, you know, I didn't look at all the results this week. They, they lost in the penalty kick shootout, which is a different thing in MLS Next Pro, to Rochester, New York, 
for the second time this season, only their third loss. But there's a reason Crew 2 is, is doing as well as it is, and it's because there are players that you know, maybe with a bit more experience could be on an MLS roster, you know, preferably the Crews if, if it works out that way. Um, you know, we've talked about it before. It's a fun team to watch. For that level, they're really good. Um, you didn't see it quite on Saturday but it, or on Friday, but again, they were without Mo Farsi and without Jason Russell Rowe. And while I think Noah Fusion, who's another forward for the team, does a good job, you can tell they missed the service of, of Jason Russell Rowe uh, against, again, this is the second time they didn't have, have Jason Russell Rowe against uh, Rochester, and, and the game here did not go they, well either. They didn't have Matan either because he was right, in Salt correct. Lake. Yep. Uh, so that's that's like three really starters because Matan's been starting the last few Yeah, games. the last couple games he's been there. So, um, yeah, but that game ended in a 0-0 draw, but with MLS Next Pro, they, they do a shootout. I think both teams still get a point, if I remember. It's like hockey, where mm-hmm. you both get a point, and then you get an additional point if you win the shootout. Um, so, you know. Just one, just one point or yeah, two I points? Think I think they get one point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, for people who didn't follow along with that game on MLSNextPro.com on, on Friday night, it was actually interesting because, obviously, Rochester is not an MLS team, so they had a pretty crowded stadium. It's not a big stadium. It's a, on a college campus out there, but it, was, it looked like a good crowd. Uh, you know, it's as good as I've seen. I think St. Louis, I haven't watched any of their games, but I think they get a good crowd too. Um, and obviously, Historic Crew Stadium gets a, a decent crowd for what it is. Crew 2 in place for the uh, Supporter Shield of MLX. Yeah, I don't know what they're I don't know what they're calling that. The Supporter Circle? <laughs> supporter Circle. 31 points. Do they even have a trophy yet? I don't think they there is a, a there is a I don't know if what they do for the first place team because there's also divisions in MLX Next Pro which doesn't seem to actually matter at all until maybe Just playoff like seating. Every other thing with yeah. MLS. North Texas SC belong to Dallas okay. Dallas yeah and then Tacoma is Seattle, Seattle. Okay. but uh, yeah they are you know they're at the top of that and then there is a trophy for there is a playoff at the end of this and then there is a trophy also there's an MLS Next Pro Cup that's happening right now which I didn't see anything about Crew 2 I think that's the MLS Next I think that's the Academy oh MLS Next it's the U17s that's not confusing at all the video game one that's that's now called EMLS I thought you were you're talking about the Esports, yes, <laughs> not the, not has. FIFA. Yeah. yeah, they are doing. I think it's in Frisco. It's at Dallas's stadium. They're doing a tournament for. I think it's U seventeen. Um, I have no idea how the crew are doing in that. I just saw something about it on Twitter earlier. But uh, transitioning from Crew Two and and the the game that was for the first team, um, Bart. I know you have uh, something okay. that is, is near and dear to a lot of crew fans' yeah. uh, thoughts and, you know, a lot of people in generals. You know, we don't get really deep a lot, but, I, you know, as you mentioned when you got here, you, you think it's an important thing to address. So yeah. have the floor. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, uh, you know, a lot of us want to uh, uh, stick to sports and, and, and love to be able to stick to sports, but there are some things that are bigger than sports. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Friday was a one of those days that, that was bigger than sports. The Supreme Court overturned 50 years of precedent uh, and, and then some to uh, uh, take away or in, in, in de facto and in, in here in Ohio, really um, uh, pretty much immediately take away the, the right to an abortion um, for, for pregnant people and women. Um, this is, you know, obviously it, it's a charged issue. People have a lot of feelings about it. 
um, and, and, and crew supporters, uh, uh, by and large, especially around Nordek, have been, you know, very vocal and adamant um, in, the, in their disgust with this decision. Um, uh, myself, right among them. Um, we know that, you know, this is, this, is, this is a political issue, but we have seen um, MLS teams, you know, that have weighed in on it. Um, and uh, the, the entire USL put out a statement um, uh, condemning this decision and, and the practical implications um, of it. Uh, so the crew and, and Nordek uh, did reach out to the crew to see um, if a statement, you know, if they would provide a statement, and uh, uh, they, they decided uh, they're not going to. They, they didn't even provide an official statement. They passed along something to Jeff Barger that, that he relayed to Nordek, and, and I'm going to read it verbatim. Um, uh, the club has decided not to issue a statement on the recent Supreme Court decision uh, or the now active abortion bans in Ohio. Uh, their feeling is that the best approach is for the club to stay out of politics and focus on being inclusive to the crew community in the state of Ohio. They stress that they have many, may have staff, players, and fans who support the decision and view it as a political issue, which they want to avoid. And uh, um, I, I, I understand that, and I understand fans that say, you know, look, just stick to sports, um, get out of politics, and... and uh, to that, I'll say you first, D and Jimmy Haslam. Uh, during the last uh, election cycle, um, the crew ownership and, and Pete Edwards uh, among them as well um, donated over $927,000 to uh, elected officials um, uh, all across the country, not just in Ohio, but whose uh, uh, somewhat singular goal, um, uh, at least of their party for the last 50 years, has been to overturn and restrict uh, abortion access and health care access because it's not going to stop with abortions. Um, uh, they they donated that much. And, and again, we won't get too deep into it, but there's something that everyone, you know, knows at this point now is that money is speech that's what the supreme court says so crew ownership has been taking a stand and speaking very loudly and clearly about where they stand on this so they've taken a stand politically um and if they want to truly get out of the business of politics they can either a ask for all that money back that they have donated over the last and you know we'll, we'll let it start with the 2020 election cycle and with a promise uh to not provide any other donations um to elected officials uh that that's something also to keep in mind is the haslam's seek two billion dollars um from the public up in cleveland for a new stadium um for the browns uh, but if they aren't going to provide any political donations anymore and they are going to uh, request their donations back from the 2020 election cycle, I'm willing to say that. You don't need to weigh in on it anymore. Um, but otherwise, then I think uh, fair play is for them to uh, put at least that amount, again, $927,000 um, toward abortion accents funds uh, toward uh, places like, you know, Celebrate One, a nonprofit that helps prevent infant mortality. We're, you know, in the state of Ohio, we have among the lowest infant mortality rates in the nation. In America, we've got the lowest in the developed world. Um, so 
put your money where your mouth is if you do claim to be pro-life and not just pro-birth or anti-choice because that's what these people are. Um, uh, uh, we still are, they, they still countenance uh, one in six children living in poverty, one in five children going hungry. Um, if you're going to say you care about children, you're going to care about life support, the social safety net. Um, but at the very least, help support organizations like Women Have Options Ohio. That is what Nordec is going to be doing this weekend. We are asking all uh, fans and members of Nordec. Uh, to boycott any beer sales, save all the money that you would be um, spending with uh, beer in the stadium um, and anything else. Put that to good, uh, uh, good ne uh, trusted networks like Women Have Options Ohio um, and others. Again, uh, follow uh, Nordec is, is taking a stand on this and really hope that uh, other fans will and hope ultimately that the crew will put themselves on the right side of history and the MLS will put themselves on the right side of history. They use so much to try to really rely on fans from a marketing standpoint and this idea of having this young, progressive-minded um, fan base that, that they use to market for everything. And they were marketing all the women that work for crew uh, just days earlier because this d decision happened, uh, I think, three days after the 50-year anniversary of Title IX. Um, so, uh, 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 Jimmy D. Haslam, uh, do the right thing. If you're going to say, say that we can't be political, then get yourselves out of politics first, and we'll meet you there. Oh, I, Bart, I, I think everything that you said there, I, I applaud you. That's not an easy subject to talk about at all or anything like that. And I think, from my perspective... I want to applaud Nordeck for leading a boycott. That's going to be a great thing that will actually hurt the Haslam's pocketbook. That'll hurt um, their bottom line, but that'll also help some people in the long run. If the Haslam's don't want to help individuals that need help, we need to do it for them. We're going to take their money and we're going to spend it where it needs to be spent. I was very heartbroken, I think, as many people were on Friday about the whole situation. Being raised by my mother and my sister, uh, had a father who was kind of absent for most of the time. I'm sorry, we're getting kind of deep here. But I, I tend to sympathize a little bit more and understand kind of the logic. And I've, I've coached young women, I've worked with young women, and the fact of the matter is a lot of them are scared. Um, it, it's, it's terrifying to see that we're going to a really dark place right now. And like you said, Bart, it's not going to stop at just this. There are going to be bigger fish to fry down down the pike, and the court has made it very evident that they're looking down that way. So I've always kind of, as I'm sure you guys have seen too, soccer is the place for political outreach. It's the place for, um, it's the great unifier. I mean, shoot, even if you think about Ukraine playing in their friendly, or not the friendly World Cup qualifier against uh, Wales. Um, that was, I think everybody was cheering for Ukraine. Nobody wanted to see Wales win. And there were a lot of support and there's a lot of calls for that. I imagine, knowing how organized we've seen Save the Crew be, um, and how dynamic and powerful this fan base is, I imagine that there is something in the works. I know I've heard rumblings of certain planned protests um, and things of that nature, which I think is awesome. Um, but I've also heard a lot of heartbreak. I know uh, a lot of really talented individuals who work in Nordec and the supporter section have announced that they're going to exit and step aside and 
uh, if the club doesn't have their back, why should they have the club's back? And I, I think that's a very valid point. And it stinks that it's at that point that the club can't recognize it. Like you said, Bart, it was actually one day after the passing of Title IX, the 50th anniversary of Title IX, that our our sisters, our you know married loved one, our married partners, our sisters, our friends, all lost their rights, and that's it's not a country I want to live in, to be quite frank with you. But um, you know, I feel the duty as a male as a soccer supporter as well as, as a writer and to have the very small platform that I have to speak up and I think that something needs to be done and we've got we've to work towards it. And the, and the other, you know, not to, again, dominate too much of this, but again, you know, the politics are in soccer already. We play the national anthem every game. Every game, Frankie Haduk is, is running there with uh, uh, troops and soldiers. We've got military appreciation. We've also got, you know, Pride Weekend. Politics is a part of it. It's part and parcel. Um, uh, to say, you know, you don't want your politics out of it, that's fine. We can stop doing the national anthem before games. I'm fine with that. Um, uh, th- there are lots of other things that we can do, but, but to say, well, this part makes me uncomfortable, so I don't want to talk about it. Again, th- th- this is getting you know back to the kind of the fundamental point: is you don't get to impose um, your will, uh, or shouldn't get to impose your will and your preference um, on a lot of people in a thing that is that is literally a life and death issue, and that's um, what we're facing here, especially um, what you know what's going to be coming down the pike with with the Ohio legislature as they continue to fight this. And again, this is not going to stop with Roe versus Wade. Um, Loving uh, versus Virginia is something that um, uh, allows interracial marriage. That could be there. Obergefell, gay marriage, that could be um, up for debate. Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal. Um, These are things that are fundamentally, um, fundamental human rights, uh, civil rights here in America that are at risk um, with this illegitimate court um, and and it we we do have a duty I think to to, to stand up as, as you know the same group that saved the crew and look we appreciate what the Haslam's what Pete Edwards uh, did to help save the crew um, uh, what they have invested I would much rather be talking about Cucho Hernandez right now and not talking about how much money G D and Jimmy and Pete Edwards have given to GOP officials who have been running on an anti-choice agenda, and again, across the country that they've been doing. Again, that 927000 that was just in 2020. I'd much rather not be talking about that, but they are talking about that because money is speech. They are talking about it, so we have to talk about it. So if they don't want to talk about it anymore, that's fine. They can stop talking about it, talk with their wallets, Take that money, start putting it to help supporting your fans that are hurting, that are at risk right now in the midst of this creeping fascism. Well done. I think uh, I think both of you have covered it uh, extensively there, and I think it. I agree with you, Bart. When you know, I didn't think about talking about this beforehand, but I think you're right. I think it needed to be said, and you brought some some really good points. I know. I assume it was you from the GCG bag account that was putting things out earlier uh, today, and you know I think that needs to be put out there. So, so well done on that part. Um, and not to you know 
immediately change the topic back to soccer, but mm-hmm. lightening the mood a little bit. Um, there are a few things that were pointed out to me <laughs> over the last week when it comes to the crew. Oh, let's go. Are well, we going to talk about what I think we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about a few things. Yes. The first. Ralph is a little too excited right the now. The first. Yeah. We're going to get to that one last. Okay. The first is. The build up, the slow burn. Yeah, right. Like it. Okay. The first is that uh, <laughs> good friend, former managing editor of Mass Report, Patrick Goldan, texted Sam and I today a link to a big soccer <laughs> uh, thread. That website's still available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and it looks almost exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> but it's. This was I about GeoCities. It was about Cucho Hernandez. Oh god. And there was discussion on like what he would do for this team and you know he played winger for Watford and I don't I don't know who I don't know who posted it and I'm not calling anyone out here but I think I know who might I just have. my I bring this up because if there are people that are concerned that the crew have signed a winger, A, I'm not sure what you've been paying attention to for the last week. And that's fine, but I assume if you're posting on Big Soccer, you're passionate enough about this team that you are paying attention to the coverage. And I know, at least on our site, and he doesn't even default as a winger on FIFA. <laughs> Come on, like, um, <laughs> I know on our site we've narrative written, bar, narrative. We've written three articles that have included the explanation that he will be a number nine for this team. And that the but reason. What does Crew Rhino say? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> One thing at a time, Bart. Jeez. <laughs> that, you're, ruining the, you're ruining how this goes. But I, like I, red, white, and boom with the finale in the front already. I just want to make it clear that they. And Caleb Porter talked about this. They signed Cucho Hernandez to be a striker. That was literally one of the selling points of why he <laughs> yes. came to Columbus. And in the mold, now, I know, I guess people, a lot of people would think, you know, okay, a number nine in the way that Caleb Porter's played, you need a target forward. Well, that's not what they wanted. They wanted a guy like Joseph Martinez, like Raul Ruiz Diaz, Atlanta, Seattle, that can do a lot of different things, but still be that, that number, true number nine, you know, five foot nine. You don't have to be that, that six, two physical freak, like a, a Zlatan or something. I mean, look at what Carlos Vela does for LAFC going back to Ralph's shirt. Yes. Um, you know, he's not a big guy, but he plays that striker position for them more often than not. Sometimes he plays on the wing, but so, so that is what Cucho Hernandez is here to do. As Sam mentioned, that is what they sold him on was coming here being the guy as the number nine. So if there's any confusion about that, if anyone thought he's coming in to be a winger and Miguel Berry and Eric Hurtado are, are going to be um, you know, still up top, I encourage you to head over to Mass Report. I assume the Columbus Dispatch and Jacob Myers have covered this extensively Who as well. <laughs> and uh, you know, any other any other outlets out there. Um, so that's, that's one thing I wanted to clear up. The X, and we can all discuss this next thing because I think there is a little bit of conversation with it. No, not yet. Uh, Ralph started clapping. Uh, I got in a discussion with somebody on Twitter this week about Aloy Room. Oh, and yes. Okay. I, I'm unaware, and I know that there was some controversy with Aloy Room in 2020 because he posted things about not wanting to get vaccinated. So and, was Eric Hurtado. Correct. I know. And, and I understand that. But let's just talk from a strictly on-field perspective. This, this argument or discussion more so than anything – was that Room did not provide the value that he's getting paid. First of all, and I know he was listed as the highest paid goalkeeper by the MLS Players Union. I think it's $800,000. I would caution, and I said this on Twitter, I would caution anyone to take too much from the Players Union numbers. I can't tell you 
a number of times each year, and now it comes out twice a year, when Greg Berhalter would say to myself and, and Andrew or Adam Jardy or whoever it was that was there, you know, I hate when this comes out because it's not accurate. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a good idea of what these guys are making, mm-hmm. but, you know, there are bonuses that go into guys, you know. It's base salary. Yeah, and, like, there's easily obtainable bonuses for a lot of guys in this league so that it doesn't count towards the cap, things like that. And I think Aloy has probably triggered some of those by winning an MLS Cup, being nominated for certain things. So clean sheets. Yeah, things like yeah, that. Things like that. always up for save of the year, too. Right, and so, you know, Aloy's value is probably not to be the highest-paid goalkeeper in MLS. I'm not arguing that. But, I, I mean, go back to Saturday night, again – you're not getting out of real Salt Lake with a Z. He made a couple of important saves, including a breakaway on a nice play by Salt Lake, one of the better plays of the game. You know, he comes off his line, gets his, I think his knee to the ball. You know, I don't. I know that there are flaws, and we've talked about it before in Aloy's game. He's not great at distribution, and he's not you know, perfect at coming off his line mm-hmm. on some things, but he's a shot stopper. Yeah. And you know, when you're an MLS team, unless you have developed a Zach Steffen, or a Matt Turner, or you've spent big money on a goalkeeper, which I don't know if that's your best use when you're uh, of resources when you're a team like the Crew. You know, I think Aloy Room's a pretty solid goalkeeper, and I mean, I want you guys to weigh in if if you have different opinions on him. But you know, I don't know who else you're gonna go out and get unless you're gonna try a kid in there. Um, you know, I mean, I think Patrick Schulte and uh, Brady Scott have done a good job with Crew too. But again, you know, that's MLS Next Pro, so I don't, I don't, I didn't realize that there was this conception. You have Evan Bush on the roster who mm-hmm. did get a lot of playing time last year because Eloy was injured and performed adequately. Yeah, but weren't people frustrated with him at times? I mean, like, I don't know. I, I think I just feel like this is this is MLS and you're not going to have a goalkeeper who can do a little bit of everything unless you're paying that goalkeeper designated player money. And that just seems like a a poor use of designated player. I would say, I would say the one thing, can you still hear me if I'm standing this far? No, get closer to the mic. That's why I was, that's why I was asking. I would say the one thing that would drive the, if I had a knock against Aloy room, I think you hit it on a head Murph is he doesn't come off his line on corner kicks. He stays firmly planted, sometimes can get caught, handcuffed a little bit. Uh, this is actually, Sam can attest to this, a conversation we have in the photo workroom a lot, is when we try to get that good shot for a corner kick, is he's always planted firmly just down on the line. Um, it's It seems weird to me. He doesn't come out and try to punch or parry or catch, much like a Zach Steffen. You yes, know Sam. who else was like that? Enlighten me. One William Hesmer. Okay. But... Um, you know, hey, things worked out pretty well for him too. But I, you know, like you said, Murph is—he's athletic, he's a shot stopper, and at the end of the day, what's he do? He stops shots. I think that play that you referenced—I think it was RSL's number ten jersey number, not position number—but I think it was that breakaway that he had on there, and it was just an acrobatic save that denied a for certain goal in nine times out of ten. So I get that. The team hasn't been in terrific form sometimes, and I, there's somebody that has to get the blame, and whether that's Caleb Porter or Aloy Room. Unfortunately, Aloy Room's the last line of defense, and he's the first person everybody in the stadium looks to when a goal give, is given up and, you know, sees his reaction and where he was. And, oh, it's Aloy's fault. Well, if you go back to it, too, Charlotte goal, for example, the one that we talked about where everybody just kind of looked at that one guy and he dribbled in, 
three yards and let out a howitzer from 16 yards out. I'm sorry, Manuel Neuer's not stopping that. Mm. Table Courtois is not going to stop that. That's just a good play. That's bad defense. If anything, I think you would argue that the defense maybe switched off for a second. Like, has he had his issues this year and last year? Yeah, he has. Absolutely. And you call him out when he does have those issues. But comparatively, I think the number of good games that he's had has been Mm -hmm. more than the number of bad games that he's had. And when he's been good, he's been really good. Mm -hmm. Like, again, like Murph said, goal of the week, uh, uh, save of the week, save of the year type caliber. So it's hard it's hard to recognize. I think this happens in hockey, too. This happens mm-hmm. in hockey where, like, oh, this goalie's getting murdered. And it's like, what's the defense in front of him doing? Mm-hmm. So if he's getting victimized by his defense, I can't blame him on that. And, yeah. I, and, and I think they're, like, they're a couple. First of all, I, uh, you know, I go by the eye test, and then I go by, again, friend of the Massive Report, contributor to the Massive Report, Elliot McKinley. Elliot McKinley said Aloy Room's good again. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of going with that when it comes to the fancy stats. I He's trust him on that. Uh, I, I think, you know, it, it gets back to kind of what, what, what Smurf's harped on a number of times again, that, that, you know, Room is a shot stopper. He's an elite shot stopper. He may not be an elite all-around goalkeeper. Um, and, and I think – I think the the biggest thing is that you know there are those goals that uh, that that he gives up that that are kind of those self inflicted wounds and I think um, because of the way we're wired as human beings you just you're, you're more likely to kind of you know dwell on those but I, I think I think one of those the differences that um, and and you know to bring it back kind of you know to a hockey analogy uh, as, as Sam was talking about I'm looking for the goalie that. One just gives you a chance to win every night. Aloy Room gives you a chance to win every game. He might sometimes give up a couple weird goals, but he also absolutely makes just as many saves where you're like, oh, my God, what the hell was that? Like where he's saving goals, at least this season, certainly. I think last season the numbers may not, you know, may not have borne out that way. But um, this season, it has been the case. Um, is he the you know best keeper in MLS? I don't know. He might be the best shot stopper, um, but uh, 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 but but I, I can't. You can't blame Aloy Room for you know any of uh, the, this team's struggles this year when again they're just not scoring goals at the other end of the field. He's he's top ten. Sorry, we've gotten a, a fire truck. Fire truck. He's top 10 in the league in save percentage. I, you can't organize this on MLS's website, so I can't give you the exact number. That makes too much sense. Yeah, and he's tied for fifth in shutouts with a defense that has consistently changed in front of him. Like, I, I just don't – I don't know. And, like, it's I, – I think the feeling towards Eloy is definitely exasperated by what, like, what Bart pointed out is that the team's inability to score on the other end, so when he does – let a fluky goal in, it's that much more pronounced because their inability to tie and or score more goals than the other team. The one thing I want to say, and for the love of God, Merck can back me up on this, is that crew fans need to stop adding crew players on Twitter and not expect to come out with a gunfight, essentially. Case in point, 
two weeks ago during the, the Charlotte contest, I posted a picture of Derek Etienne Jr., which actually Thomas Costello, our good friend, who is not here tonight, I don't know why. Murph, where's your boy? He lives. It's, it's a tough drive for It's him. a tough drive. Okay, I'll let it go. Every week. But, but Thomas used it actually as a headline photo where Derek Etienne was visibly frustrated and if you guys remember several weeks ago, Derek Etienne said he actually looks for hate comments on social media. So Derek Etienne comes into my mentions after a fan says that he missed, quote, two sitters and that he should be visibly frustrated. And Etienne actively opens up and says, hey, man, send me the film of the two sitters, quote, unquote, that you're talking about and we'll talk. And the guy then immediately backs up off of the argument against Derek Etienne, and Derek Etienne has claimed victory on it. He's won the internet. Yeah, but Derek Etienne is still too much of a coward to do the Schmurder shuffle <laughs> after scoring a goal. He will... Yeah, that's I right, think, Derek. I think you need to post that's it right, on Derek. Twitter. Oh, I have been. I tagged him. I mean, someone, uh, JCG Bag did at least. Uh-huh. Yeah, someone that's right, did. Derek Etienne. You won't do the Schmurder <laughs> shuffle. You won't score and do the Schmurder <laughs> shuffle after it. You won't do it. You won't do it. He, he just and it's fine. You don't have the moves. It's okay. I'm look. I mean, first of all, folks, just look at me. I don't have the moves to pull off the Schmurder shuffle, and you don't do either. It's okay. It's fine. You can. You don't have to worry about it. There are lots of people that aren't great at everything, and you just can't do the Schmurder shuffle after scoring a goal. Maybe you need to goal. find somebody who's willing to do a demonstration. Maybe Derek, for some reason or the other, does not know what the Schmurder shuffle. Can he go is. So, dance with so he so he finds everything on Twitter, but he just can't go to YouTube and look up the Schmurder shuffle. Come on. He's a man of the people. He wants to interact with the people on Twitter. <laughs> All right, so we've gone in a you very okay, different direction. All right. Uh, the, we haven't been off the rails in a while. No, that's true. And that wasn't too bad. It just wasn't about Aloy Room being a, a more than satisfactory goalkeeper for the crew. It was about Twitter I, hate. Okay. Can, can I throw a question to the masses? A question to the masses. Mm-hmm. Let's say you did not sign Eloy Room to an extension, and basically all you had was Evan Bush and... Oh. A draft pick, okay? Ugh. And then you have a one Mr. We, we'd still have a, a – they, they would have kept around um, John Cena's little brother. What sure. was his name? Oh, um, what? That, that – <laughs> uh, the guy uh, – real beefy. Oh, Joe Bendick. Joe Bendick. Yeah, Joe yeah, Bendick. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So – and then you have a situation where somebody like Zach Steffen is looking for playing time to maintain his position on the U.S. men's national team roster. Would you sign Zach Steffen to a short-term deal? Well, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, current, yeah. Current Zach Steffen? <laughs> On a loan. Current Zach yes. Steffen? Current Just, form Zach yep. Steffen? Zach Steffen mm, yes, yes, yep. Mm. Or Zach Steffen that came yes. out of Germany? Uh, Zach Steffen that, that came out of the crew. Yeah. Oh, I'd take yes. Zach Steffen in a second. Zach Steffen's not coming back to him. Yeah, well, yeah, I know, obviously. That, but was, <laughs> that, that was the whole point of saying that it was a hypothetical question. Right. Yeah, Murph. Learn that. Yeah. All right. It's called creating content. Yeah, I Murph. guess. Fodder. Uh, these are it's a very hypothetical conversation. Um, let's transition to something that's occurred on social media yeah, over the yeah. past couple weeks. And I don't want to go. We don't need to labor this too long. Calm but down, just, printer boy. Yeah, I just have some thoughts on citizen journalism. Yeah, if you want to call it that. So for those people that are not on social media, when the news of the coup Tune out. The news of the yeah, if you don't care, tune out. <laughs> the news of the Cucho Hernandez stuff broke. There were a number of Twitter accounts not associated with any sort of outlet 
or anything that claimed to How have... How dare you? ...claimed to have broken this news uh, prior to when we reported it, Tom Bogart reported it, a number of outlets reported it on the Saturday of the Charlotte game. And I became aware of Crew Rhino because people were tagging our mentions that Crew Rhino had this first and the Tom Bogart tweet, which credited us and things like that. And I actually reached out to the guy. We DM'd on Twitter. Very nice. But I just, and I know there's been some other people who have said that they posted stuff before and whatnot. And I just want to clarify on like the difference between a, a Twitter account, especially one that doesn't have any, you know, you don't know who the person is posting things and a media outlet of any kind reporting something because if Crew Rhino or if any of the other ones, I'm just using Crew Rhino because this has become a thing and, you know, if, if that happens, there is no repercussions. No one remembers necessarily, and that's not, I'm, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but if we write a story that says the crew are signing this guy, that story stays there. You don't delete the story. If I sign my name to it, it stays yeah. there. And it stays on our website, and people can go back, and we lose credibility when if we get something like that wrong. So while I'd heard about Cucho Hernandez and the possibility that he might be the guy a few days before, I wasn't going to report it. Thomas, who ended up writing the story, wasn't going to report it. None of us were going to report it until we had multiple sources confirming to us. And I know that there's been talk about you know, these people had sources, and I don't know how these people on Twitter have, have come up with their thing, with their information, whether it's speculation, whether they it's... They didn't. Not, they didn't. I don't know. I don't want to... I'm not trying to, 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 to attack anybody here. My Fist point merge. is... Yeah, my point is just that there's a difference between reporting something when you're going to be held accountable for it and when we work with the team and things like that as opposed to just posting something on Twitter or posting something on Instagram and then wanting credit for it. And that's another thing is when we write a story about news, it's not we're not doing that for the reason of we want Thomas to get all the credit. If you talk to Thomas, and I've talked to him about it, he doesn't care that he wrote the story and that a lot of people have credited him with you know, quote-unquote, breaking the news. Carino's making this go in the background to cut everything off. It's it's part of the conspiracy. My my point just is, if you're doing this for the validation of people crediting you on Twitter, and when I spoke with Carino, he said to me, I assume it's a he, I guess I shouldn't assume that, um, that... Come on, dude, it's 2022. They're a rhino, okay? I don't know how they're able to... You know, type in those. That's the masculine version of a rhino. Rhino. Crew Rhino said animal. Crew Rhino said that Crew Rhino was just trying to build Crew Rhino's brand. (laughs) Why? Why are you saying that in the third person? I get. I understand that you that people want to be recognized for things like that. But again, if you're doing that for Twitter validation, you're in the wrong business. And if you are not going, because I know that this Crew Rhino got rid of Crew Rhino's. Twitter account, it's bad. and then posted it's something bad. about the the abuse that Crew Rhino received, which I do not condone at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, if you want to make jokes, Morgan was going to make. You know, Morgan came out with Crew Hippopotamus. Who's, who's that? Yeah, funny, Morgan Hughes. And who's but that's that who, that's who Morgan is. Yeah. But you you have if you're gonna try and be in this realm, I won't even call it an industry if you're just a Twitter account. And again, I, there are other ones besides Crew Rhino. 
but Cal, you have fan. to take you have to be able to take criticism and I can tell you because of things that I've tweeted that people <laughs> didn't like I have taken criticism you're a master at that plenty yeah. um, we also at my <clears throat> full-time job with with Bucknuts have a message board and people don't always agree with me on the message board mm-hmm. you just have to be able to handle that situation and again if you can't do that then I don't know if this is the right thing to be involved in but I just wanted to clarify there's a difference between the the Fabrizio Romano reporting where you've and if if you're not familiar he is a guy who has made his name with a Twitter account that reports a lot of European soccer transfers he also got this one wrong by the way um, but he has no when he's wrong he's he's not held accountable for it because he doesn't work for an outlet and there's just there's just a huge difference between posting something on Twitter where maybe some people see it and writing it on you know a, a site that is credentialed with the team and, and people go to for content and I just I think that that needs to be understood and I also think that it's actually a good thing to have these crew related accounts. I mean, if you look at European teams, mm-hmm. there are all sorts of, you know, I'll just use Manchester United as the example because that's the team I follow. <laughs> but there are also, Ralph, you used to be a Manchester United fan. There Dark time. There are all sorts of. He's getting on the Newcastle band. United transfer related Twitter accounts that put these things out there and people follow them and, you know, it's good for the game. So I'm not saying that these accounts shouldn't exist and these people shouldn't continue to try and put this news out there, um, you know, but I think you need to understand what it is and I think claiming validation or if you're looking to just claim validation that's not what 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 this is all about if you're actually trying to report news and then you got to be willing if 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 you want to take the get the dub for you know saying hey i got kucho right then you need to take the l for everyone else you put whose name you put up right there next to kucho yeah. <laughs> and again this isn't ju- crew rhino has just become no, no, the biggest exactly, name there yeah. are Several of these accounts out there, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, that posted a variety of different things. I know there was. That's fun to do. Who cares? It's not. It's ultimately ex- harmless. Exactly. You know? I just. I think that you know the reason Tom Bogart credited us is because we wrote a story that was sourced by multiple people, mm. and Tom Bogart knows us as an outlet. I don't think Tom Bogart is aware of Crew Rhino or any of the other. I know there was a Nordec post about. You know, another guy who did have his name on his Twitter account that claimed to have it before and, and things like that. And, you know, we're not, and that's the other thing I said to Crew Rhino was like, we're not taking the, that information and running with it. You know, we, we checked this with multiple people. Once we had what we felt was a full picture of what was going on, you know, our story had the transfer information. It, you know, it was more than just, hey, this is the guy. You know, and, and that's the difference between journalism and Twitter and or Instagram. So if you think about it, what we do here generally is a lot like an investigation, right? Like a like it's an investigation. We have to figure out, you know, certain details. We need to figure it out and we need to get the picture. And then when we figure that the picture is correct, that's when we cite certain people and ask them, hey, is this on the record? Is it off the record? Like, you know, it's. It's a process, and all three of us, Sam, I don't know about you necessarily with J School at all or anything like that, but... I have my sources, I only... Okay, but I I I mean, the three of us generally have had journalism experience and understand that you need to get your sources, you need to check your sources, and if something doesn't add up, don't report it. And if you get scooped, okay. But 
for me, and I can especially talk about it in the early days. I know Murph and I have had several fireside chats where I said something. He checked me on, hey, who's your source on this? And I would tell him, hey, this is my source. Okay, that's credible. Yeah, go ahead and go do it. You know, um, and you stake your reputation on that. And in this day and age where I hate the word or the phrase fake news gets thrown around, you've got to be careful with what you say because I don't want to go out and I'm off the cuff a lot of times, but I don't want to go out and say, hey, the crew are going to go sign Zlatan Ibrahimovic tomorrow. And who's the source? Well, it's me. I'm or starting. Or Falcao. Or Falcao. That's been going on for six years now. Mm-hmm. But, so- um, you know, you've, Alex specifically. Alex specifically. You've got you've got to cite you've got to act with purpose. Worst you've got to cite Nick. things. Yeah, we love you, Elliot. Big Elliot fans over here. But um, you've got to act with purpose, and you've got to cite your stuff. And quite frankly, this is me talking, and this is not representative of Bart Murph or Sam. If you're writing under a pseudonym and you're too scared to attach your name to it, I think that's a problem. I don't even care about that. I don't. I mean, he made it clear. Crew Rhino made it clear that there were reasons for not doing that and whatnot. And you know, again, if I remembered the other accounts, I would. That just obviously stands out, and I would mention them all. I think there's like Crew View or something. Yeah, Crew View. Like but there are there again, there is one that I know yeah. was posted on the Nordic page that has a name attached mm-hmm. to it, and I I just can't remember it off the top of my head. And again, I don't think these are bad things. And Bart mm-hmm. said it too. I think. The more that people are talking about the crew yeah. on social media and speculating and you know whatnot, the more people are going to see things, and that's great for them. And I would like all of these people to continue to do it. And I don't think that anyone should be bullied because oh, no. they say yeah. that they got Absolutely it first. Not. Who cares? And that, that's my whole point: is is who cares? Um, the Sorry. the online bullying, but I also think you need to have thick skin because. Mm-hmm. We've all been. I mean, oh God, yeah. People talk about this podcast. I haven't. I only have good takes, <laughs> well, except um, except Bart. Yeah. But you know, predicting five nothing wins and Josh Williams bicycle kick <laughs> yeah, goals exactly. time to do that. So oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> take a trip in our Twitter mentions. Your your nice Twitter mentions and Sam's yeah. not so much. Everybody loves Sam, but um, you know, people will say stuff to us on Twitter, and then I'll see people at the stadium and they're like nothing. Correct. <laughs> it's like Correct. what? And I've had some people that I know. Uh, you know, say some pretty crappy things and not tag me on Twitter about it. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, then when we see each other, it's like nothing happens. Oh, so, so you're the Derek Etienne of uh, you just you just have to Twitter. be able to to take it as well. That's that's all part of this. So you know, people can take or leave that advice. But having been a part of it, I you know, I'm just saying there's a lot more that goes into it than just throwing throwing names out on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on. Crew play Toronto. Crew play Philly this Wait, week. Are we going to talk about LAFC and Gareth Bale just really quick? Yeah, go ahead, Bart. Fine. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's hilarious. Do you have to be. What time's your bedtime? It's, uh, it's, it's not it's, about my bedtime. I really have just, to go to I mean, bathroom. again, we were talking okay. about we were talking about you know the rules and oh boy, well, there's no way. Sorry, the MLS has rules and you can't. You can only play MLS Next 2.0 players for two games. And then, you know, they're just like, by the way, LAFC has Gareth Bale now. Um, and Giorgio Chiellini. Yeah, Giorgio Both Giorgio on non-designated player Both, contracts. Yeah, not on DP contracts. I'm pretty sure this is... Uh, it, it was pretty fitting that um, Gareth Bale's um, video was, uh, you know, introductory <laughs> video was at a golf course. I think that is pretty telling. Um, and, 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 and I do like this, to just how it stands so in such 
stark contrast to the Cucho signing where Gareth Bale's literally doing it from a golf course because he's literally retiring to come to LAFC at the um, tender age of 32. And, and they're, you know, maybe they're going to make, uh, I, I, I don't know what the deal is. It seems like, I mean, for him to be on a TAM contract, seems like it's got to be something in the ballpark of what uh, my inner Miami was doing where, you know, they brought all those guys in, uh, and, and then suddenly it's like, well, actually, you can't give these other benefits. You'll have to take them away. But Don Garber's not going to do it. Don Garber's Don Garber stared down the uh, likelihood of Columbus Crew dominating MLS for the foreseeable future after signing Cucho and with Lucas Zellerion and said... We've got to get Gareth Bale <laughs> There's in here the first to LAFC. Word of the day there. Yeah. There's our rating. We haven't <laughs> had one in a while. It's okay. I'll allow yeah. Bart's yeah. a lawyer. He can defend us. <laughs> He's not. He just, I know he just marries. I play married some. Up. Yeah, I married up. Uh, no, I do think it is weird. I mean, the way that they, my understanding that they're getting around this is that both Chiellini and Bale are on one-year deals, so there's enough TAM money to <laughs> buy them down, I guess. How do they get so much TAM money? I don't know. I so, also, where do you get TAM money? I also <laughs> don't think it's going to matter. Uh, yeah, Don Garber. Garber. Exactly. Don Garber's like, here, you can have some more. It's, so, it's just, Chiellini is 37 years old. Now he's a center back. Chiellini, so that helps. say it right. And, My on. and Bale hasn't played real soccer on a consistent level mm. for years now. I mean, like, since he scored the bicycle kick or the overhead kick against... Liverpool in the Champions League final. Even then, he wasn't playing regularly because he's always hurt. So, you know, I, I, the one thing I have an issue with is that MLS should not have done Gareth Bale in Wales any help. He wants to be playing yeah. heading into the World Sleeper Cup. Sleeper agent. And Lutz. now he's going to play in the country of the team he's going to play against. Yeah, but he's going to play on turf. <laughs> he, no, his, sometimes. His yeah. knee is going to explode. So Inter Miami. I, I don't think a lot of the players coming from Re Europe realize how physical MLS could be yeah. sometimes. So yeah, that's that's a very, <laughs> very, just, very possible. We, no, we we don't have LAFC this year, do we? We already played. Oh yeah, already. It was the massive four-hour yeah. rain delay game. Um, fun fact: Inter Miami actually profited seventy-five thousand uh, dollars from Ooh. the Gareth Bale for the discovery rights. Which I still would love to know how that list actually they works. They discovered Gareth Bale. They discovered Gareth Bale. I thought Tottenham did that. So um, didn't, didn't like. Think wouldn't, wouldn't Beckham find that in his like couch cushion? Yeah. No, Pasha's couch cushion. Pasha's couch. Mm. Okay. Fair. But Let's, it's right. funny how we always get these. If you look at it, this happened in the Galaxy with Landon Donovan. Uh, they get a bunch of role players. Um, who were some of the other bigger ones that they had to like? Didn't Sasha Kleshton go out there for a cup of coffee mm -hmm. for a second? Mm -hmm. They always would get the players, but now it's I'm like old enough to remember Jermaine Jones, who was the uh, envelope crew. lottery. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, actually, he he goes to New England. Right. <laughs> but but the funny part is the Galaxy are no longer the Golden Child. It's LAFC. Chivas too. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think Bale. I think Bale might actually have the Wayne Rooney effect. I think he probably will play like Wayne Rooney did and then probably flame out in three years and go coach Derby County. But Which he just resigned from. Which he just mm -hmm. resigned from. But uh, happy anniversary to the uh, Wayne Rooney uh, DC United goal from the parking lot. All right. Hey, let's and, and just, just to, you know, quick things and, and bring it in, in Ralph's own words full circle. We're talking about Wayne Rooney. 
Um, and we were talking about earlier Real Salt Lake, this game against Real Salt Lake. What do those two th things have in common? Well, we're talking about hairlines that get better as you get older. That's right. Justin Miram, he was looking good on Saturday night. That hairline has improved drastically from his days in Columbus, and good on you, J9. Didn't he say he got <laughs> hair plugs? I thought that was the point. I didn't say it, but... I think he was I actually so. pretty forthcoming about that. Uh, well, it's pretty evident. <laughs> All right, Murph, I give the show back to you. All right, let's talk about these games real quick and get out of here. Uh, crew plays Toronto on Wednesday night in Toronto. The, then Future the Black World Cup gold, host site. Mm -hmm. Then the Black and Gold host uh, Philadelphia. LA, LAFC host Philadelphia? No. Oh. That is the black and gold, okay. not the black ampersand and gold. Oh, the one you always yell at me about. Right. Yes, you you still can't get that right. It's only been eight years or something. Yeah. Um, quickly, Toronto sits one point above the crew, one spot in the in the standings. Toronto's actually five and three at home, so a pretty good home team. I imagine that the crew will get some guys back for this game. It wouldn't surprise me if Lucas plays. Um, I don't know the details on Eric Hurtado's injury, but it didn't sound like it was too bad. You know, I think this will be a closer to full strength. I don't know about our tour quite yet. Obviously, Pedro Santos should be able to play longer minutes after playing on, on Saturday, but I do expect some rotation. I mean, you know, they just played at Salt Lake, had to travel. Obviously, we'll have to travel to Toronto. We'll get more updates on Tuesday in terms of the injuries. We're recording this Monday night. So not an easy game, but Toronto hasn't been great. Actually, Toronto's been similar to the crew in terms of injuries have sort of derailed the season, and they're waiting on a huge DP signing. Their DP signing, though, actually arrived uh, this week, and the crew's has yet to do so. Um, and then Philadelphia, who is the best team in the East on 29 points, 3-1-3 and three away from home. So they're coming to lower.com with... A pretty good record. Um, that one will be tricky for sure. The crew in Philly have obviously played some pretty interesting games of late. Uh, last End of last year being the, the lone exception when Caleb decided to go with three in the back for some reason against a Philly team that that made no sense against. Um, so any thoughts on either of these teams before we do predictions? I hate Toronto. Yeah, okay, that's the thought. Should be a good time for Eloy to score a goal. <laughs> is uh, Lorenzo Insigne my my paisan? Is he allowed to play? No, he's still he's like no. Cucho. He has to wait till the transfer yeah. window okay. opens. Oh, by the way, we didn't talk on a Cucho introductory press conference delayed until later this week because of visa issues, right? Uh, yeah, visa, that. wink, wink. Yeah, okay. No, definitely visa. But um, um, <laughs> visa is the card that gets you everywhere except in Columbus. <laughs> um, so. I think Toronto. I use Visa in Columbus all the time. Columbus. I used it I mean, actually. I had to get a Brewery. Visa to come into this country, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I, I guess it works. Well, yeah. you know how some places don't take Discover. I was making a joke that they didn't take Visa, but hey. Hmm. Um, Toronto, yeah, like you said, Murph. I think you said everything that needed to be said there. Uh, they are much like the crew. A lot of talent, but can't put it all together. I think Lorenzo Insigne will. Bob solve Bradley. That. He's the coach this year. Yeah, he stinks. The fighting, the fighting Bradley. His son, yeah. his son stinks, too. Um, I, I hope Toronto boos Michael Bradley um, just to keep up with tradition, especially since Toronto it's a World Cup I hope side. Toronto boos Michael Bradley as well, but I hope crew fans do more loudly. Um, how about Jim Curtin from being on the hot seat a couple years ago to uh, the league darling now in terms of coaches and with his uh, squad? I think – 
Uh, Philadelphia is probably going to come in ready to play on Sunday, Independence Day weekend. Uh, a lot of fireworks. Fireworks. All right. Is there going to be a fireworks show after the game? Yeah, too? maybe There's, no Nordic though. Yeah. Maybe no Dornag, yep. which it's going to be really weird fetching balls out of a very empty area there. Yeah, I but may have to move my seat. Yeah. Just, I, I'll just say that Jim Curtin, especially, you know, as, as he's gotten into coaching, has gotten nerdier and nerdier looking, and I just oh, want to yeah. shove him into a locker. Oh, no. See, I think he's got that dad look. Like he's <laughs> what did we like, say about bullying, Bart? <laughs> We're all, I'm allowed to uh, bully former professional athletes here from my podcast. See, I think he's got that dad look, like that Sunday dad look for the coffee and donut social, that I think he's just – he's got that look. But I digress. Um, uh, there was, I did see a thing on social media earlier that Andre Blake sleeps in socks. That's Which gross, is, dude. Yeah, That's that gross, is dude. kind of a war crime. That's gross. They, those bad boys got to breathe. Mm. They, Sam, need, uh, they need to get at least two ties out of these two games. <laughs> they cannot well, lose. speaking they of, cannot drop what points. do you predict for these two games? Uh, two ties. Two, two ties is what I predict for these games. We got a score for these because games? They can't, it doesn't matter. Zero, zero, one, one, seven, seven. Two ties. If they can, if they can seven, sneak seven a win. Would really hurt my Aloy room <laughs> argument, I bet, unless he doesn't <laughs> play. Yeah, I, I mean, if they can if they can sneak a win and a win and a tie, that's good. You don't want to lose both games because that just sets you that much further back. What's you a touchdown in the CFL? Is it, is uh, it five it's points? Six points. Is it, it's is six, six points. Six points. Six points. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you don't want to lose both games. You don't want to lose really one game. Uh, so just for the love of God, just at minimum get two points out of this, these two games. Ralph, do you have predictions? I'm looking. Oh, a touchdown in the CFL is six points. We don't care. Um, anyway, I, I think the. Argonauts play. No, they, that's Montreal. Anywho, um, get to it, Ralph. No, I think Toronto. Montreal Alouettes. Alouettes. Toronto right. Argonauts. Look at me being a CFL guy. What's the championship? The Grey Cup. Ralph, predictions. Okay. Toronto Argonauts will win the Grey Cup. Anyway, BC um, Tigers, baby. I. It's tough. I think. Saturday's game was kind of a snooze fest. Also sucked not being able to watch it fully on ESPN+. Plus. Thanks for the stupid deal. Can't wait till the Apple TV can kick in there. Uh, obviously, hope the best for Neil and Jordan, and Chris will be fine. Predictions. Getting to it. It's the build-up. He's just buying time because he's not sure. I'm building up. Getting the people excited. Um, but I think probably 1-1 draw on Wednesday, which great. Bob Bradley stinks. So does Michael Bradley. Um, Philadelphia game, not feeling too great about it. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 loss on Sunday. A lot of fireworks, but just not for the black and gold. Bart? Actually, I'll go first, and then you can close it out. Um, I forgot I had to give a prediction because Ralph talks so long. Uh, I think that... The crew do go to Toronto and get a result. I think a 1-1 draw. I think Lucas comes back and gets a goal. Not Josh Williams? Not Josh Williams. I'll, I'll leave that for Bart. Um, I can't say this with full certainty, but I feel like when the crew play at home on 4th of July celebratory game, I think they do really well. I would have to look that up. I was sort of starting to Google it, but I couldn't find anything quickly enough. So I'm going to say that the crew get a 2-1, 2 2 nothing win against Philly. I'm going to go 2 nothing. Wow. That, that, that sounds like a Bart prediction there, man. I like that. I will just point out. He um, didn't say anything about Josh Williams. In the I, I know, so. I know. But 2 nothing against the top team in the East. 
Uh, yeah, I, but it's right before Cucho comes. It's, Everyone's it's excited. It's true. Miguel it's Berry true. or Eric I mean, Hurtado probably should score to just you know kind of justify their existence on this Cucho team. Cucho debuts on my mom's birthday, which if you Maybe. remember last week. Maybe. 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 Mm-hmm. If you remember last week, mom was pretty influential in the uh, broadcast as my she phone went off. Is. Like two or three times. She is. She was a big fan of James Ibakemi's calves, if I recall. <laughs> Quats. 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 Um, uh, I, I, I just, just one of the things that I did notice – so though, although Toronto is you know just ahead of Crew in the standings, they've got a like Crew's actually got a positive goal differential, gang, which I did not realize that by one. Yeah, by one is still still look, positive look as at, positive. Look at, Murph. What's that number next to Toronto, Smurf? Minus seven. Yeah, also, yeah. The Crew has a game in hand over mm-hmm. Toronto. Two games of Charlotte, a game of Miami, game over Cincinnati. Pretty much everyone ahead of them, they have a game in hand. So I am going to go with uh, Crew winning on the road against Toronto um, and courtesy of Josh Williams' uh, uh, Josh Williams bicycle kick that he kicks through Michael Bradley like it's a cartoon. Wow. Like just, just through his chest. And, you know, like everyone just kinda, yeah, everyone looking <laughs> looking at each other and just like, oh, what happened? You know, uh, and then um, they go and take on and, and they will get a tough result. Um, one nil against Philadelphia at home um, with Lucas Zellerion scoring, uh, uh, you know, dead ball goal from just outside the box. All right. So and uh, and then. Uh, uh, the Nordec again, you know, Nordec will not be purchasing beers in the stadium, and I encourage any of you, all other listeners, do not on July that July third game, save that money. Um, get uh, my have, own have, alcohol have, in. Have have yes. a drink at Betty's yes. before it is much cheaper. Even though they are, you know, inflation is hitting Betty's too. The PBRs have gone from two dollars to three dollars, but it's okay. No, they're three dollars. Um, they were two dollars. Yes, they were. It's Betty's. Betty's. It's 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 an institution. But go to Betty's first. Enjoy yourself there. Save the rest of your money that you would have spent the dozens of dollars um, for you know beer there, and donate that to WHO Ohio or any of the other trusted networks that are helping women and people, pregnant people, um, get abortions and the healthcare access that they need right now in the midst of this. I encourage you to join Nordec in boycotting your beer money at Cruise Stadium on July 3rd. Bart, is there actually a list of websites on GCG Bag or anywhere you can go to find that information? Actually, uh, if, if you if you just go to social media, Nordec, uh, they are putting stuff out. But again, uh, uh, Women Have Options Ohio, I can uh, try to pull out, but they are the most trusted uh, network in Ohio, um, and. I can get you that URL one right now. It is womenhaveoptions.org. There you go. There you go. So now you know what to do for the July 3rd game against Philadelphia. Again, there's a Toronto game in between that. That one's on the road. We don't have a Saucy Brewers party, so watch it wherever you want. Watch party. Shout out, though. It was... Shout out, though. It was a fun time here at Saucy Brew Works last uh, Saturday. Uh, You were able to watch the game out on the patio if you want to. They've got the TVs out there, and it was great. Had a good time. Shout out to our sponsors. Yes, we love them. They're great. We miss Brian, but Ralph, thanks for coming. 
Bart, thanks for thanks, doing man. Bart things. Sam, thanks for making us sound better than we are. If you need to cut Ralph out of any or all of this, feel free. I've actually been on mute this whole time. And with that said, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Without Brian still, but we'll be here.